Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Dustin is crazy. <laughs> Have you checked any crazy, other major airports while around? I mean, Dustin? I'm not crazy. I, I'm looking at it on my own. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the WCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, and Dustin Lindstrom. All right, welcome to episode 18 of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. Uh, after a nice little hiatus that was cut short by other things that we don't really want to talk about this week. The regular crew will discuss the end of the 2019-2020 season, off-season transactions, and look ahead to 2020-2021. That's going to be a mouthful. Plus, we'll discuss a new feature on our Patreon site. We'll be doing uh, our second Zoom chat for patrons later this month. Anything big that I'm missing, guys? No. Hockey? I miss hockey? No. You miss hockey. <laughs> All right. Before we jump to the the thank you notes, we have one new patron that hasn't been recognized on the regular podcast, Andrew Tyvalkowski. I think I got that right on the first try this time. Uh, was nice enough to join right after our last episode back in March at the gold level. Thank you so much, Andrew. Uh, we really appreciate your support. If you would like to join Andrew... And the rest of our patrons, at whatever level, please check out patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. All right, time for the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor, and we'll come back and start with the end of last season. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So Michigan Tech made it to the... To the final four of the WCHA, we're supposed to head down to Mankato. Co-national champions. <laughs> we could at least say co-Jeff uh, Sauer champions, right? <laughs> they were supposed to head down to Mankato. There was actually talk. Uh, so everybody, back when this all went down, there was a lot of talk and chatter online because we all knew an announcement was coming. And it got pushed back a couple hours because they had come up with a plan. And I don't know if you guys have even heard this, that like while Joe and the team were heading to Mankato, the league was working out a plan to have to turn the semifinals into one game playoffs. They would each play one game. And then if Mankato won, whoever won the other game would play, come down to Mankato and play. If Tech won and Bemidji won, they would play up in Bemidji. And if Bowling Green and Tech won, I think they were going to play that game in Bemidji and just be done and get it over with and play like, I think it was supposed to be like Friday, Sunday, and then they were done with no fans. And instead, 
you know, after everything else started to fall with the Big East and the Big Ten canceling their basketball tournaments, you know, somebody finally got a hold of the NCAA and found out, you know, like the championships aren't going to happen. And then that announcement came and then finally they canceled the conference tournament as a whole. So it was kind of a whirlwind, you know, 48 hours after we recorded till everything kind of closed down thanks to Rudy Gobert and everything else, right? Like, I guess that happened right before we recorded, right? Rudy, Rudy Gobert was, was he the Thursday before? I can barely remember what day of the week it is today, let alone what happened that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was a crazy end of the season. It, it you know, obviously it's bittersweet because you, you thought Tech had a chance. I, I don't know how good a chance because, you know, everything we've seen from everything after this was done is that, excuse me, that uh, Minnesota State was quite possibly the best team they've ever put together. They won the they, they won the simulated national championship that USDHO put yep, on. Yep, I was getting there. Yeah, whoever ran the sim thing. Yeah. Yep. That was ran by a Sioux fan, so it's pretty, I mean, a, a Fighting Hawk fan. So it's pretty awesome that uh, his simulation even had them losing to Mankato. Yeah, I, they're a very good team, and, and I think there's little doubt that they had a very, very high probability of finally ending their their winless streak in the tournament. And they probably would have been, what, a two seed, right? Two or three two overall, yeah. Yeah, two overall. Two or three overall, depending on what would happen between them and and Cornell and and uh, North Dakota. Yeah, I think, if they, okay. I think if we would have beat them, then they probably would have been still the number one on the number one line but maybe falling on back to three or four yeah so yeah it's it's a little bittersweet that that's how it ended i know joe was pretty happy with the way the team was playing things were definitely breaking their way i know it helps that they got to play northern again but at the same time that can be difficult playing a team for the fifth and sixth and potentially seventh time which didn't have to happen so that was nice um, I'll have to admit, if there's any way to end a season suddenly like that, I will take you know getting rid of Northern in Marquette. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice running a way joke. To end the season. Yeah, it was that it was an enjoyable running joke about uh, how did how did we phrase it that uh, Grandpa Tony was so upset about getting swept that he found a way to end the cancel the season. <laughs> yep, I think that was good. Anything you guys want to say about the season? No, it was a little rougher at times than I think it needed to be, but I think we're back on the upswing, hopefully. Toward the end of the year there, things seem to be starting to come together, like you said. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens next year at this point. Yeah. Like, you know, every year. <laughs> I, I think it was just inconsistent um, for probably a lot of different reasons, but it, it, it seemed like a roller coaster. We were... Depending on what week it was, our tone on the podcast was probably very different because they had some very, very nice highs, but then they had some weeks that were pretty ugly too. And I'm hoping that that is because they're a young team. They were still a young team last year, obviously, with the yeah for sure uh, sophomore class leading the way, but. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's normal with a team that's young. So hopefully that gets smoothed out a little bit next year and it's more highs than lows. Yeah, I would, you know, you start the season off by just absolutely crushing a team out uh, away and then go out with a bunch of losses in a row. Gets to be a bit of a struggle, then you go on streaks with wins and it was just yeah, like you said, inconsistency. Right? Yeah. You know, I think uh they can find a way to string that together and not have the one goal losses that we had, you know, this year would be a pretty decent, uh, decent record next yeah, year. Yeah, I think uh, one of the running themes that I got, in, and I think we talked a little bit about it on the podcast, but you, you could see frustration in some areas of the fan base with Joe and the coaching. Um, you know, I, I think that was a theme for part of the the year, at least, if not the whole year. And I think when it all came down to it at the end, uh, Joe did. He showed that that he has, you know, this team where it needs to be, or he's on the right track. I, I think he earned he earned more time. He is, and I I have confidence in him at the end of this last year, and. and I just, I really, I hope, I really hope that he builds on it for next year because I, I, you know, I think we said it before. I think we all like Joe. We all want it to work with Joe. So, I'm, I just hope that that comes together next year. Yeah, I get it. And you know, the other thing you have to take with a grain of salt is is how much you know. You look at the roster, and we have kind of the next topic is the transfer situation where you've got two guys that have transferred two more guys that are likely to because i don't think we've heard anything official about mitch meek have we not I don't that i remember or zach noble but i believe both of them will not be back i think i remember i think we saw somebody publish that mitch meek is on the portal um i don't remember who but you've got Seamus Donahue, who would have been a senior, leaving for St. Cloud State on a grad transfer, and Robbie Baydoon, who would have been a senior, leaving for Wisconsin on a grad transfer. And we touched on this on our first monthly recruiting podcast a little bit, where it's it's a little... Like, I understand Robbie probably getting promised more playing time there than, he, than Joe could promise, but... Wisconsin's not really a situation I want to go into at the moment. It's a dumpster fire. Um, it is. It's a really pretty expensive dumpster fire, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a question yeah. about the, the transfer, just a hypothetical. It, it, and you might have to correct me here, but if I remember right, Meek was one of the first ones that got leaked, or it wasn't announced, but it, we, we got leaked that, that he was in the transfer portal, if I, if I remember correctly. And Donahue was later on. Does Donahue entering the transfer portal and transferring change Meek's uh, his decision? Does he look at it now as more of an opportunity to get ice time at Tech and decide to not transfer? Entering the portal doesn't mean that you're going to transfer. He can still stay. True. That do you think that That's changes true. his decision at all? I don't think so because you've got. Dedema and Leip and now Brett Thorne coming in and then you add Jed Piedela, not that he's going to necessarily take minutes from Meek, but I don't, I, I guess I don't see it. I could be wrong. 
And maybe you're right that he would come back for one more year. And maybe, you know, and maybe the opportunity he's looking for isn't presenting itself, and he will just come back and try and fight for minutes as one of the, you know, the six upperclassmen if he can get minutes. But I would expect Datema to be pretty regular, Thorne to be pretty regular, and then you've got Rockwell, Sawyer, Goats. That's basically that's five skaters and then life is probably in there most nights so i think you've got your basically rockwell the rockwell sawyer goats datama life and thorn are probably going to be playing a lot of minutes you know pending style i think you know the way joe's talked about buckley he's got a chance to rebound and he's still younger that but it feels like you got to the point where you're you're meek and it's been three years and you still haven't played like I get the idea of leaving. Well, I don't blame him at all. You know, if you're not getting the ice time and you have your degree, I don't blame I don't blame a kid at all for, for transferring in that situation. Yeah. That's why the, that's why the grad transfer rule <clears throat> makes sense. And if you if you have your degree you you, you got your education part done. Transfer. Go get a go, go get a master's degree. You've earned the right to go somewhere else. I agree. Yeah, and all honestly, if you can pull off getting a you know a tech degree in three years while playing D one hockey or any you know degree in three years while playing D one hockey, I have no problem with that. <laughs> the grad transfer rule at all for that reason. That's impressive in and of itself to go to school and pull off the requirements for a degree in three years. And that's why I like the I like that rule because it. It rewards it rewards some of these student athletes that are getting their degrees and getting their degrees early, and they deserve a reward. Right. Yep, I agree. I think it's it's a good it's a good way to balance the people may want to change after a few years. You know, staying four years at a place as an athlete isn't necessarily it may not work out for you, but it it still sticks with the NCA style mantra of their student athletes and they're taking care of their academic side. You know, and getting that done. So, yeah, I have no problem with it. I think it makes a ton of sense that there's no wait for that. And switching gears a little bit, going back to some of the stuff that you said about the defenseman, Tim, I I think after what we saw late in the year, the the development of, of Datama, he, he's going to be one of the top defensemen on the team next year. He, he, he really developed a long ways in this freshman year. To the point where he was almost never in the lineup at the beginning of the year, and he was a lineup regular every game at the end, and playing significant minutes and contributing quite a bit. Playing power and play power minutes play as well. Minutes, I, I think I think he over the course of the year there wasn't a player on the team that showed as much improvement as he did. So I, I really have high expectations for him going into next year that we're going to see a lot from him. I I think we're going to see a lot of good play from him. I agree. Because he's got that that scoring touch and every chance you can get to keep him on the ice and and in the lineup and give him a chance to score. and, And he's become less and less of a liability on defense. And I think he's I think he's one of those guys that um like his biggest struggle, like his mistakes are playing to a static system and not understanding the dynamic of the moment. And I think that's what he's really improved over the year. Because you, when you, whenever you heard Joe complain about 
like a kid doing what what the rule said but without understanding the moment of like somebody just subbed off you need to get back or you know you you've you know those stories from Joe show where he's talking about how some defenseman like didn't switch because somebody else was doing something even though like he went on as a lefty but didn't realize the right D's trying to get off too and had to scoot over and and you you screw up your coverage or whatever and a lot of times when he was telling those stories it was about datama and as the year went on you saw less and less of those mistakes and him getting more and more comfortable in that role and that's that's what you want to see especially out of a freshman um he's got the size he's got the strength and then you add that scoring touch you know once he's able to find the net at the NCA level more consistently he's going to be a force yeah Definitely. And then on the as far as the transfers go, the only other thing out there is that we are going to get a new goaltender via transfer. No, it is not official. No, I can still not say the name. If you pay a couple bucks for our monthly podcast, there are a couple hints in there. You'll probably be able to figure it out. I think somebody did off of our podcast based on what came through our Slack chat after that came out. I assume one of the uh, misfits figured it out from that, but uh, I can't believe it's not published or, yet. But I guess it's no. Well. <laughs> it sounds like it's all about the waiting for the school he's coming from to sign off all the paperwork and make sure it's all official before it comes out. But I'm honestly surprised that I highly doubt all that paperwork was done for Donahue and Baydoon, and those are out there. You know, like. And maybe it's just because the the coaches have enough of a rapport that they just trust that it's going to work out. I don't know. Or it could be the the, the player him, himself made it. You know, just announcing just announced it, it yeah. or told somebody about it. You know, it, it, it could be a yeah. player too. Right. Uh, yeah. So moving on to new recruits. Um, since we last did a regular podcast, we've had three. Commits is that right? It's been that I have many. To look back and since our last podcast, yeah, because uh, well, yeah, because Caden Bailey was after our last regular podcast, I think, and then Tardif was two days after that, and that like right around. I think we figured the... out it's Tardif. It's Tardif. No, Didn't we I, figure that no, out? No. Oh come on! I think I think Joe just. Uh, said it that way once to to humor us and then yeah. uh and then jet piedla so that's three it's always good to keep the the piedla train rolling when it comes to recruiting. Right. and and we had a nice right. discussion about him on slack and uh caden bailey should be a good like dustin said on our our monthly recruiting podcast the nahl is not a league i want to spend a lot of time recruiting and get a lot of players from, but if we're going to get somebody from there, getting a goalie is a good way to go. Uh, if you go look over the, like, uh, he won goaltender of the year in that league this year, and if you go look over that list, there's some pretty good names that have done that. There's also a few flops, but that's not that surprising for goalies from that league at the age they usually come out. Yeah, and it's But, you know, a guy like Hunter Shepard came out of there and... Uh, who's the I can't, the Kincaid from Union, and then there was a kid from Lowell, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, Lowell. I don't, I don't recall his name. 
I don't remember which one, but yeah. That's it's a it's a league, a junior league that has a track record of producing quality NCAA Division One goalies. Even beyond that list of goalies of the year, there's been a lot of goalies that have come from the NAHL that that are very good D1 goalies. So if we're going to get anybody from the NAHL, I'd like to be a goalie. Yeah, we, we have, and we recruit other players from there too, and and we definitely get good players. But if you're looking at forwards in the NAHL, you're usually looking at third line, fourth line, energy type guys checking forwards. It's very rare that you go and you get a scorer out of the NAHL. And if you're getting a scorer, it's usually somebody that maybe we commit at seventeen, eighteen out of that league. But then they end up in the USHL before they come to tech, like a Tanner Caro, um, something like that. Most, For the most part, if you end your junior career in that league as a forward, you're probably coming in and going to be a role player in your college career. Defensemen, I think you've got a better shot, too. They're kind of somewhere in between forwards and defensemen where, where I think you can get some defensemen that are late bloomers that'll develop. I agree. Um, what was in Datama yeah. in the NHL? Correct. I watched him play actually uh, in the their championship playoff bracket thing that they have. They play that here in Blaine, so I checked that out. But Jed Piedela, so he would become, what, the sixth Piedela family member on the team? I think. Because we had Phil back when I was a student. Then we had Chad... Blake and Aaron. Yeah, oh, I so think it's that sounds seventh because then we got Blake the twins and now, and then you had and then you had Jed, so that's seven. And then the, the eighth is lined up. Right. Yeah. Hopefully. Maybe. Fingers Hopefully. crossed. Hopefully. Yeah. Finger, <laughs> fingers crossed. Maybe before uh, school starts this fall, we'll we'll hear something about Chase Piedla maybe committing to Michigan Tech as well. He just got uh, he tendered. A contract in the USHL, which I learned via Twitter, that guarantees him 35 games played in the USHL. By Where's he going there? He's going to the Stars. Nebraska. Might have to go up to Stars. Green Bay when they come into town, then. Yeah. So, um, to contradict or to contradict the previous point that I tried to make, um, <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> This is the Dustin argues with his self segment. Sure. I, I knew this. I knew this going in, but I had to go to Elite Prospects just to confirm it. But um, my, you can't get scores from the NAHL argument. It is it, got a little bit of a, uh, I, I don't know, asterisk. Uh, asterisk. Does it have a giant asterisk? Maybe yeah. maybe the exception to prove the rule. Um, Chris Chris Connor only played in the NAHL before coming to Tech. And he scored, oh, really? and he scored a lot of goals. That's also a different era, honestly. No, that's true. It's not the same. Chris Connor was 0304. That team was awful. Chris Connor was a zero plus minus. How, how can you be a zero <laughs> plus minus on a team that bad and play no defense? Because of all the shorties he got, which are a when plus. you score a shorty every game, basically, for what it felt like for that season. Goals on that too. Is that the team we talked about that one? Is that where Murph almost won Hobie? Yeah, that was that was the Murph and Connor year when the two of them were like 1-2 <laughs> in Hobie in the fan voting. And we had like one of the best 
power plays in the country. Yeah. And then we had a goalie that won, what, second or third string goalie of the year in WCHA. And we finished. And a future NHL All-Star MVP. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since you brought him up, maybe we should skip to that topic. For all of you listening to this podcast, by the time this comes out, you'll have four. Oh, I guess I don't know. Maybe I'll get this out Monday. We'll see. You've got about a week to prepare because our second monthly Zoom chat is going to feature John Scott on Monday, May 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have a Zoom chat gathering um, for any patron at any level. I guess that's down to all the way down to two dollars a month. So uh, feel free to join us and chat with John. Um, we had a lot of fun with Joe in our first one last month, and I didn't really put much out there because I wanted to give it a try, and we didn't actually confirm Joe until, like, the night before we did that. And I just wanted to make sure it went smoothly and, and hope you know, hopefully we get a few more people than we had last time, but hopefully we don't get, like, 100 people and have to manage all that. So we'll see how it goes. But that one, that first one was a lot of fun, and I look forward to uh, having John Scott on as our second guest ever for that event. And if you'd like to join us for that, feel free to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide and sign up at any level, $2 a month or above for access to that. Uh, we have a lot more features at $5 and then a couple extra features at $10 a month. Um, but yeah, go ahead and check that out. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Are you guys hope, both hopefully making that? Plan on it. Yep, I'll be there for that one. Yep, that should be fun. What night of the week is it? Monday, Monday night, right? Yep. Yep. That's why we're trying to record this one now so every and hopefully get it out Monday so everybody can uh, listen and hear about it. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, yeah, so we talked about Jed and Chase and the Piedla clan in general. So the next thing on the... Uh, next subject I've got is next year's schedule, which came out last week or earlier this week, I guess, since it's Friday. Probably the biggest reveal that we didn't really know was that the GLI scheduling changed. We are, the fourth team is now Harvard instead of Northern, and I don't really know why that happened, but... They listened to us. They <laughs> I don't. Slight, well, I, I don't slight know. Slight uptick in the quality of student athlete there. I don't know. I honestly don't know if it's Grant Patalny backing out, and MTU being happy about it, or, or MTU saying we really don't want Northern in this for whatever reason because it's. Hi, not we helpful. played you guys nearly eight times. You know, yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, we don't need uh, to make it ten times this year. Um. I'm happy. I know you guys are happy because we've all talked about how that third team should not be a WCHA team ever because it doesn't help us at all pairwise. That said, I assume we don't start off playing Harvard, right? No. No, we should play... We should play... Is it Michigan? I believe we should play State to start with this one, right? We're supposed to play Michigan, but the schedule that was tweeted out showed that we play Michigan State again for... Yeah. Well, I would think with playing Michigan already once in the year, it makes sense to juggle That's a bit and play State That's true. It, yeah. as well, yep. right? Because we we start the year off with Michigan, right? Yeah, but I think we're but we're supposed rotates, to go to Michigan so. the following year, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, fair enough. Uh, 
yeah, so th- that was probably the biggest thing that came out of that. The other thing that was that we have previously talked about, I think, was the whole Notre Dame and the U.S. development team weekend that was supposed to or was originally talked about being this coming season, but it's now been pushed back to next season. I'm not really sure why, but that's that's okay. Um, I mean, I'm fine with that situation and then uh, adding so adding the GLI to the list that we've also got a trip back to Clarkson in October I know Dustin's a little sad that it's as early as it is in the season yeah and then we host Michigan to start the season and we host Arizona State in was it January February after weekend after party February and that, yep. and then the other two big notes that I had on the schedule was that MTU is doing the double to Alaska, uh, one last time here potentially one yeah, last time. Yeah, it's not over Thanksgiving this time, nope. but it's it's in it's it's, it's in January. It's still yep. over break. It's cla- yeah, class it's not of, over an it's not over a working person break. No, it's it's over <laughs> it's over school break, winter break. So they sure. they uh they get a, they get to do that without being in trouble. So. They're going up their first two series in January. They play at Alaska Anchorage and then ask at Alaska. Um, Given that it's it's over break, I mean it's over break. I'd be it'd be interesting to see if some of the misfits can make it up as well. Yeah. And then I mean, they went to Huntsville as an organized trip. Why not throw Alaska in there? <laughs> I hope they take a bus. Yeah, they have plenty of time to drive those tech vans up that long, <laughs> long road. Uh, oh my God, that would suck that time of year. <laughs> I've driven in Alaska in February or in uh, in November the two times we've gone and that was a much of an adventure of itself. Yeah, I, I can't, can't imagine yeah, I driving can't up imagine there in driving January through the Canadian Rockies. I think it, I think <laughs> the road is paved the whole way now. So that's a positive. D- yeah. Do you think the school would be okay with yeah, we're going to take the tech vans all the way to Fairbanks in January? <laughs> do they Do any of the tech vans actually have plugs in the front yeah. because you're going to need them yeah, that time of I year? I don't know. <laughs> I doubt they really want to take the risk of either any, any no, tech I can't van breaking it. down on such a trip. I can't imagine uh, you'd van all the way up there, but you know what? You know, if anybody was going to do it. <laughs> but then the other thing that uh, I think came up in our Slack chat and or maybe on Discord was the fact that the Huskies do not leave the UP the entire month of February, starting with Winter Carnival, then a home series with Arizona State, and then they host anchorage and then they've got a home and home with northern to end the year um so that's not it's kind of the opposite of it's the opposite of last of of this year's finish where we had a tough schedule to finish out yeah and we look at huntsville and anchorage there's half the games in the last month it uh, looks pretty nice yeah february we're only home for two games but then it swaps you know pretty hard or january we're only home for two games yeah I don't know. It shapes up to be a pretty decent schedule. I like uh, I like finishing with a lot of home games like that because you know I can tend to jump back home a lot easier than I can get to anywhere else personally to see games. So that's uh, that's not too bad for me. Anything else on the schedule, guys? No, I think it's nice to see we're playing. You know, our out of conference looks reasonable, right? There's you know, it should be all decent out of conference games. You got Michigan, Clarkson. Uh, in Arizona State, those are all teams that ha- can have a impact pairwise wise. It's, it's nice and Harvard it's in a positive nice direction. Three, and Harvard, two out of three of those series that aren't the GLI are at home, which is a yeah, big that's, complaint. That's, from yeah, that was my next seasons, point. Is too many road yep. conference. 
Right, we're actually getting some people coming to Tech, which is fantastic. I didn't make the trip to Clarkson when we went out there a uh, year before last, so I'm going to probably try to make that one this year. Yeah, it'd be, I struggle it'd to, be to not go to a new place. That, that would be a fun trip to try and plan. Um, yeah, agreed. That or the weekend after in Huntsville one last time, right? See, that's that's my problem, right? I want to get to Huntsville too, but Clarkson sounds so much more interesting than uh, going to Huntsville. Well, but there's the, there's all the space stuff. But we know if Clarkson doesn't work that Joe plans to continue that. So in two more years, we can. it might be a yep. Clarkson-St. Louis series. So. Yep, I could see either one of those happening. Yeah. I can't see both of them happening because they're back-to-back. That's the annoying piece. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be down for two road trips. Why don't you just make it one big road trip? <laughs> you could drive from upstate New York to Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have an adult job. I will use airplanes. <laughs> hey, work from home. Everybody's working from home now. You can work from home in the backseat of a car. Right. I, I I can easily do a lot of my stuff remote. That is not a Just problem a for me even during Uber normal. Pot Sam to Huntsville. <laughs> I can't imagine the cost. I think, the Uber ex- Pony Express Uber style. I think we can just do a, a multi city trip where we fly into Potsdam or fly to whatever we need to, Lake Placid, Syracuse, and then Syracuse. one hell of an open job. And then take Lake Placid to uh, uh, Nashville and hang out in Nashville for the week and then drive down to Huntsville. Well, I'm in, none of that. Well, I know my parents, when they went, I, they did the Amtrak thing to get up there. So okay. I know the Amtrak doesn't, it's, it's relatively close. You can take a train all the way down Amtrak to wherever. Amtrak don't stop at breweries along the way, so. Yeah, they they <laughs> they stop overnight long enough for you to fill enough growlers to make the ride fun, though. I don't know what is the I don't know what the Amtrak rule is on carry-ons. <laughs> I'm pretty sure anything goes on an Amtrak. Right? I think we might find out. You know, you know, you know, if games happen in October and early November. Yeah, that's the other worry. Will we even have a season at this point? But I don't want to be that pessimistic just yet. We can no. get there eventually. I'm still on. I, I still think that they're going to happen, but it's going to start off with no fans. Which would be really sad if we play Michigan with no fans. Yeah, yeah agreed. But I won't be surprised. Mariucci plan. All right, so moving on, uh, one one other big bullet point that we had is that there's been a couple things that we've been speculating on since the whole COVID-19 coronavirus stuff happening. One of them was, does this really change anything with conference realignment? And are any schools, maybe specifically Michigan schools, in jeopardy of not existing anymore because of this? Um, and that it's an interesting point to try and see where where this is all headed, how it's going to impact. I mean, I mean, you look at something like Long Island University adding hockey, and it's just like I can't believe. Not only did they announce like, but they announced like, hey, we're starting next scheduled year, basically. Like they're not playing this year, but they're playing the next year. That just seems seems nuts I, to I me. Yeah, I did you see their budget? Right, but right, I have. They got a pretty sweet I have logo. To think that they've got to have a ton of money behind them, whether that's you know, long. No, no. The CHN article said the athletic director says their budget for this coming season is like two hundred thousand dollars. Really, for everything. 
I figured they had some huge benefactor or something like that behind it. No, they've got nothing from what I've heard. They just, they're basically the athletic director just said, I want a hockey team. Here's a tiny budget and we're going to wing it. And I don't think he realizes that like 200 bucks doesn't cover most coaching staffs these days. And that doesn't even include ice time and, and travel costs and everything else. Like, and I don't know who you're going to expect to get on your schedule next year. Like, I mean, you can do it. It's going to be... Look at what American International did for years and years and years in Atlantic hockey. It was just... I'm sure they didn't have much of a budget, more than 200000 They brought up the bottom no, of the they, West Conference every year. I know. But, but how are you going to schedule anything with that, knowing that you're that bad? Like, you're not going to be good, because you don't even have a club team to to build from yeah that's the interesting thing you you whenever someone talks about potential schools right it's almost always a school that already has a club team elevating that aha you know acha team up. right but that first year they they don't need to have a complete schedule of division one teams they can say yes we're going to compete at the division one level and have a few division one teams on their schedule play some club teams Play some Division Three teams. They, you know, the first year or two, That's they true. don't need to have a full Division One schedule. They can ease into it, but still play That's games. True. The one, the one thing they could do based on where they're located is they could find a way to play 10, 12 games against that conference in the Northeast. That's all Division Two. Yeah, they could do that. And then, uh, and then try and fill in with maybe getting a couple games against Arizona State, or I mean. Obviously, starting not this seat. Like, Rob, were they talking about starting like this fall? I don't think it was this. I well, I, I think it I might be it this fall. But anyway, yeah. if it it's is not this fall, this yeah, fall they... then at least you have the possibility of going. I mean, not that they have the budget, which is the other problem, but you have the possibility of going to Alaska, going to Fairbanks, going to uh, Huntsville, right? But you don't have a budget for that stuff, and those three schools aren't exactly going to hand out. I don't know if they're going to hand out subsidies to host LIU. Yeah, they, they it was. They did say they want to start playing in the fall, twenty twenty one. And you know, as we all know, the schedules and contracts for out of conference games are set typically well in advance. Right, things might get pushed off or whatever, but the the contracts are out there and they've been there for a while. To, to play games so starting a team up and saying we're going to play right away this fall when everybody's announcing schedules uh, that seems like it's a really really difficult task to take on i could see starting you know the year after where schedules aren't already set but saying they're going to try to get in 20 games this year to me seems like uh quite an ask I mean, maybe if Tech would pay them travel costs to come to Houghton, we've got two games left on our schedule. It's basically a bye <laughs> week, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think that, uh, that that's how quickly they want to start. And I, I do think, you know, from a, just a competitive standpoint, they probably would fit in Atlantic hockey. But does Atlantic hockey even want to add teams at this point? They're in an even, they're in an even number right now. I, no, they're, so unless they're somebody at leaves, is there a fit? Are they at eleven? They're okay, at eleven. They're at 10 but for some reason. everything I've read is, you know, talking about how that spot sort of saved for Navy. Right. Yeah, that's the other thing. Well, I mean, is someone going to leave Atlantic Hockey? 
Who knows? I don't know. Maybe it's the east. It's the east turn to have some of this craziness for a chance, for a change rather. Right. But if you're going to be an independent team and be a lower budget independent team, you know Arizona State obviously has got plenty of money behind them and can take care of things, bring people in. They've got an attractive place for an away game. That's why they've really worked well as an independent. If you're going to start as an independent and be on a shoestring budget, the Northeast is the place to do it. Everything is super close. Your co- travel costs don't involve flights for the majority of your, your games. You know, you're able to bus everywhere. So maybe they'll be able to pull it off with that low of a budget, seeing how the where they're at geographically allows them to, you know, get games closer to their home rink, wherever that may be. I don't even think they have a rink they've decided yet at this point, right? You'll probably play at the Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> I would think so. Like, where else are you going to play? But you're going to have, what, 500 people there? Well, where's the actual campus? Aren't they a split campus as well? That's the other unique thing about them. There's a campus in Brooklyn and a campus in Brookville. But I don't even know where Brookville is. So that did not help me. I know where Brooklyn is. <laughs> I know where Brooklyn is. I do know is. that one. I don't know how far apart they are. You know, is it up Long Island a ways or not? You know, I I really have no clue. Not really. Brookville. I'm looking at the map right now. I'm looking for Brookville. Bayshore, Babylon, Brentwood, Bohemia. A lot of bees. Bethpage. Ooh, I know Bethpage. I've been to Bethpage. Yeah, Brookville's not too far up. It looks like it's on the north side. If that's the, if that's where their other campus is. Yeah. I would assume it, the main campus would be the other one, though. So you're basically talking about a hockey team in Brooklyn. So maybe they can go play where the uh, Devils play, right? Aren't they in there now? Devils are still in New Jersey, but there is. Or the Brooklyn Nets have a hockey rink or a, a rink that can have well, hockey, the, yeah, right? the, the Islanders. And the Devils were the, supposed to no, go the there? Islanders, or the Islanders. The Islanders now play in Brooklyn, but I think this next season they're splitting time between the arena in Brooklyn and Nassau Coliseum. Okay. But yes, there's ice in the arena in Brooklyn. The new arena there. Whatever it's called. Okay. The Barclays Barclay Center? Center? Are you talking yeah, about that or no? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so it's definitely a weird environment that a school like that is adding hockey. And it seems like from... And maybe we'll link to that CHN article because it seems like the athletic director is quite naive to expect to get 20 games this year unless most of those are not D1. Um, I just think things are scheduled so far out. There's so few games. They were. They, I think they would have been much better off. Uh, like, uh, and maybe it... it it is basically what's going to happen is they're basically going to be a club team this year that tries to play some D1 games. And then next year when the WCHA and CCHA reshuffle, you've got a chance to get some games. But on that budget, I don't know who you're going to get to like, it's not like the, it's not like Bowling Green's going to pay him to come to Bowling Green, right? Like I can't imagine and it's not like we as fans really want to watch Long Island University with a bunch of kids that were supposed to be D3 recruits. No, because any, uh, any team it, that is like Bowling Green that has NCAA aspirations isn't going to want to play that team. 
it's not going to help your pairwise at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a pairwise tank, right? Especially you know, like you said, coming up shooting budget with players that are. It's going to be difficult just to form a roster, right? So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how they play out. Maybe it's just a big money laundering scheme. <laughs> see, here's all the tickets we sold. Nobody came, but the tickets were sold. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's like a Ozark. it's like the new car Ozark. wash, right? Okay. Yeah, I haven't watched the last season of that. I that's on my list. Well, this last season was uh, the best one. It was awesome. Yeah, I've heard. I just I don't know why I haven't done it. Like I said before we started recording, I'm I'm big into Money Heist right now, which I think is a a Spanish Netflix show. The dubbing's pretty good, and it's actually very very well done. I'm halfway through episode three of part two which is basically season two but i don't know why they're called parts probably because it's spanish i don't know is the gli in jeopardy we don't have a contract after this coming season it seems like it's been pushed farther and further down the list of importance especially now that the pistons play at the new stadium or new rink however you want to call it yeah, I have to think that given how much attention was given to it this year with its first year not at the Joe, that I think we're seeing the writing on the wall with the new arena. Second year. That's the second year at Little Caesars. Sorry, second year. Okay. I, I agree. I think that there are serious concerns about the GLI. I think the biggest problem is, is that Michigan and Michigan State don't seem to care about it at all. And when those are supposed to be an every year invitee that doesn't seem to play it up or doesn't seem to care about it, um, I think we're going to see issues. Yeah. I almost wonder so, if, if they need to uh, – like, so part of it is that uh, they have tradition of playing the, – the Red Wings have a tradition of playing a game on New Year's Eve, right? I have no idea. Right. I've never been a Red Wings fan yeah. or an NHL fan for that matter. None of us are. So, uh, well, Red Wing fans anyway. Um, right. But that's my understanding is that's a tradition that they do. Uh, I guess I'd have to look into it a little more, but maybe it's time that that something like that gets pushed and it's – and like maybe the answer is to try and move that tournament to like Thanksgiving. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I think without – Without some solid improvement in marketing in the local area to try to pull in more local people, and without some more solid improvement in the level of care given to it from you know the Big Ten schools, I don't think we're going to see it improve. I agree. I I just don't think it it's going to work, um, because it doesn't seem like they care. I don't think Mel appreciates it for whatever reason, which seems very odd to me that that he doesn't seem to care. Maybe it's because it's just another chance for Michigan Tech to to get to get him, and he doesn't want to. Well, I think one of the things that we've heard is a little bit is that that uh, one of the bigger things that Mel hates about it is losing his players to World Juniors. 
I don't think that's just a Mel thing, though. I didn't. I don't have like a a quote to look at, but I I seem to remember Berenson complaining about that same thing too. Even when they were winning every damn tournament, you know, like we were winning this even though we don't have our players that had to go to the World Juniors, you know. Yeah, and, then, and it was a way another way for Michigan to be better than everybody else. And yet, the one time they, we the, won before last year was the uh, only time we missed anybody in my entire life. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> It was a good weekend. Yeah. We were up at a little tiny cabin in in Kearsarge, or Centennial, actually, because we rented a cabin up there, and we were, I would get up and watch the World Junior Games and get to watch July. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I guess maybe the, the way to do it is to try and do it. Uh, like, I think that might be an option, but I think the problem you might run into there is doesn't... I guess I don't know, and neither of you would probably know anyway. I think it's Christmas is bigger. I can't remember how big a deal Thanksgiving is to NBA. NBA, I have no clue. That is a sport I care absolutely nothing about. But I would, I would think there's a decent chance that maybe that's the option, and, and maybe I'll mention that because it, it just doesn't seem like anybody cares about it that time of year. Well, Thanksgiving isn't a really good time of year for fandom and downstate either right i mean thanksgiving is, is your big event there is the the lions are playing at home that's true but maybe you so, get but that's thursday so maybe you could get it if you did it friday saturday sure I, I don't know i think the gli if it has to move weekends loses or move timing loses a whole bunch of its appeal to me though i think that's specifically why i say thanksgiving because it's still a holiday weekend when you're likely to be home with family and visiting but yeah no <laughs> i i think if, if gli moves away from uh if gli moves away from the the, the new year's christmas time period it to me loses a ton of its appeal i guess it's just it's not the same tournament and it's not i don't know i struggle with it not being there on that time but i i wonder like is there really an option for tech to continue to host something down there if if it's not attached to the NHL rink, like I, is I there... can't imagine staying in Detroit with the size of the arena there, without the Big Ten teams involved. No, well, I'm I'm trying to say, is there another rink we can go play at, like the like a like an OHL oh, like, rink that's got like four or five thousand seats, like Van Andel or something? Yeah, but that's so far, Rapids, like, but that's, that's far away, yeah. right? Yeah, but so there really is nothing there to do with like. Like even if it's more like three four grand, know. like that might be better, right? Like pack the place and 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 attach to your downstate alumni yet? Yeah, and then you don't have to worry as much about that, or I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it'll be interesting to see does, you know it, what it looks like this year and what what it looks like from a contract perspective going forward if it happens. Yeah, I I hope they get one more contract and and get a chance to play it out, but. It certainly feels like the fact that it hasn't been done yet feels like it's not going to happen, and this is it. And that and that's sad because it's you know the oldest running tournament and all that stuff, and it'd be sad to see it go. Yeah, I would agree. I would. And I've, like I said, I've, I've never been, so maybe this is the year I need to go. <laughs> maybe Are you doing Huntsville, Clarkson, NGLI. Yep. Yeah. You start with big dreams, Dustin, and then. You know, reality hits in as you start to actually plan trips. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to talk about, guys? Otherwise, I think we can uh, wrap this up. Anything? 
I don't think so. And I didn't miss any uh, Twitter questions during the show here. Let's check that. No, quick. I didn't see. Oh, well, the one thing that's kind of been chatted about a little bit on the Discord is uh, we were talking today a little bit about the Arizona's going on their foreign trip, right? Yeah. And I had completely forgotten about it uh, until somebody brought it up in, in Discord that, remember, we did that a while ago, too? Yep, we went to Germany, right? Uh, yeah, Germany and Austria. Yeah. I looked up what year it was and looked up what kind of a record we had that year. And um, I don't think a European trip is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's. I think part of the problem with the whole European trip is how weird it is because it's your graduating seniors are allowed to go and your incoming freshmen are not. Right. So it's it's this weird place where like certain players can't do that and and others who should be on the trip you know you can't really it's just the wrong team gets to go on that trip unless you do it over like christmas break or something which you could do but that's a lot of travel and you're already tight and maybe that's something they could do if the gli's gone some year yeah that that was that was uh they went over there in in 2010 which was the four win season (laughs) There is actually still an old blog up about it. That the link is still it still works. There's a Huskies in Europe on WordPress. <laughs> if you want to actually look look back at it, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting to do it again. I mean, Tech technically did that twice. You know that? Uh, their, yeah. Their the, other foreign tour was going to Lakehead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, you can do it every. It's every five four years, years. Five years. Once every four years. five, I thought. But yeah, okay, four maybe. I know well, somebody. I'm going off the quote in Discord. So, um, yeah, incoming freshmen can't go. It has to be current players. So, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting, interesting little thing and tidbit that that happened a while ago. And I know now that if it happens again, I will most likely, uh, I, I would try to make that trip for sure. Do whatever it is. Yeah, I, I really wanted to go when that happened, it. but it did not work out. I can't really remember I, why. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I don't remember maybe not knowing about it or not, but I mean, that would be, I don't know why I didn't go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else, guys? Good? I'm good. All right. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Patrons at the black level or above receive an authentic MTU jersey patch, which I need to work on shipping out. I've been lacking on that since coronavirus started. And access to extra podcast content, including our unpublished episode one. We're now also featuring a monthly recruiting podcast. I still need to figure out who I'm going to interview next month, and hopefully the second one goes a little better. Um, another feature that we've added at the white level or above, as we spoke about before, is our monthly Zoom chat. Our first uh, guest was Joe Sean, and May's uh, Zoom chat is going to feature John Scott on Monday, May 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, check us out for that. Uh, follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit your questions to our email address, ChasingMac at TechHockeyGuide.com, or send a voice message directly at anchor.fm slash ChasingMacPod. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I like Pocket Cast. If you can't find the Pocket or the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. As always, special thanks to our patron saint, Doc McCresin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to The Think You Notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethinkyounotes.bandcamp.com. God bless the well-read, impoverished, the lonely, crackers at rappers, certified phony, baloney, eating greasy face, watermelon spitters, to the lean cuisine mothers, eating ATV dinners, bless the sinners, saints, sniffers of pain, pacified punks in the quiet and the quaint. If you're late and lethargic and you always want to start it, maybe the 10% of your brain that you use is retarded, well, I started Afghanistan, and it's the overall.